It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What is up? What's happening? <laughs> How you doing? That's the uh, Where it's a- going? that's the AJ's in an airport version <laughs> of us doing this. Welcome into episode number twenty. As in, AJ has no more than twenty minutes with us. Glenn Clark, it's jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Brandon Linton, maybe Aaron Oster, and and oh, oh so cute. and the main event. I actually also have a mask on because it is the Air Force. On top of everything else, AJ Francis <laughs> is with us. So here's the deal. We're going to do our picks because that's uh, AJ's literally got no time at all. AJ, I want you to attempt to tell the story of why it is that later in the show they're going to hear us congratulating you but but not know what it is they're congratulating about, uh, uh, you about and tell us, but yet obviously we'll have to go doctor it later so that nobody knows what it is that you're telling us. Oh, yeah, no problem. So um, I only have 20 minutes because I finished my day early. Uh, it's my final for the this um, I uh, with uh, you may have heard Who? Who? Um, Who? Um, oh, um, yeah. Aaron doesn't get the gimmick. Um, <laughs> it's all bleeped out. <laughs> but yeah, now it will be. Um, uh, also, because of that, uh, we ended up having to move my flight up. So I'm actually on standby in Atlanta. Um, and it's cool. I am on my way to where I will be uh, being the. F- uh, what the fuck? Shut up. <laughs> <What> the fuck? <laughs> Wait, is that's, that real? That's not real. That's, that is absolutely real. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. That, that is that well, is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I I I've heard a lot of mad libs in my life. I have never heard a mad lib quite like that. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Wait, is that part of the thing, or is that just something yeah. completely separate? No, no, it's 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 part of the thing. Oh I, I don't quite God. get how it works, but you know what? No, it's no. <laughs> I it. I get it. I completely get it. That's amazing. All right. Well, um, well, we can't do any better than that. Let's just make our picks. Let's just go ahead and do it before AJ's got to go. Elimination Chamber is Sunday night. As of the moment, we only know four matches that are on the card, so this shouldn't take us forever. As always, who should win, who will win, that's the way that it works. Uh, We'll begin with the non-Elimination Chamber matches. Right now, we've got a triple threat match for the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, and Riddle. AJ, you're first. Um, Honestly, uh, Keith Lee should win. Um, I think that this is a good opportunity to, I think, I think the world needs to see Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Um, I think that would be something that 
Mm, I don't know who, what other two big men could put on a match that they can put on um, in wrestling today. So I would be really excited to see that. Um, so I think Keith Lee should win. I honestly think that uh, Keith Lee is in this. I, I, for some reason, I think Matt Riddle's going to win. I just I, okay. I don't know. Like it makes all the sense in the world for him not to win. Like he's already lost cleanly to Keith. He lost cleanly to Bobby. Like, but I, I just think he's gonna win. I, I don't. I, I just think he's gonna win. I think what's there's a lot of heat this week again about Bobby Lashley potentially being Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania opponent. Um, I, I don't. What? Yeah, I don't know where that's come from this week, but there's been a lot of heat about that. Um, Why would there be heat? I mean, let's well, be, let's, well, let's, let's about, be he's real. He's smoke. He's saying no, smoke. yeah, that's really what I'm saying. I'm not saying like it's, um, it's negative. I was like, going to say because yeah. Bobby Lashley has been the best booked person by WWE yes. for the best past year. Bobby which Lashley, is why been, the, I think, which is why the smoke is happening, right. Because he is being booked so well. There's been a lot of smoke. That's fine. That's a better way of saying it, Aaron. Thank you. There's been a lot of smoke this week about that being the case. I'm not opposed to it. I haven't felt it necessarily, but I'm not opposed to it. Um, I, in the meantime, look, I, at Elimination Chamber, I assume that titles like this don't change hands, so I'm going to pick that that's what's, that Bobby Lash is going to maintain the belt, but what should happen, I'm with you, AJ, Keith Lee should be the champion, and it is interesting whether or not that might be the position that we're headed for. Yeah, I'm, I'm with AJ in that I think Keith Lee should walk out of this feud with the belt, but I'm not sure it should be here. If you want it, I think there's a decent story to be told if, let's say, Lashley pins Riddle, and then we get that match at WrestleMania where Keith Lee in a one-on-one -on -one match with Bobby Lashley goes over at WrestleMania in front of that crowd to give Keith Lee that big moment that he's really been lacking since he's gotten to the main roster. So I think I'm going to say should be Lashley winning just so we can set that up later. I got a weird feeling that something weird. I'm gonna say will be Keith Lee. I think. I think. I think we all agree on the should eventually, but I don't know if we all agree on the should now. Um, the should now. I. I think I agree with Aaron. I think Bobby should win now because I like the idea of Keith Lee winning at WrestleMania. By the way, there's also rumors that he might not even make it to the match because he's dealing with some injuries. I don't. Yeah. So. Uh, apparently that's why he wasn't on Raw. Um, but if it's true, who knows if it's true? But so there is that too. So I think you know maybe it's possible they run an injury angle to make you want that match more. Lashley just beats Riddle or whatever, and then we get the WrestleMania match. So I'm going to say should Bobby Lashley will Bobby Lashley. All right. I, by the way, I said there's four matches. We don't even know obviously who's going to be in the fourth match. So there's really only three matches on the card at the moment. Um, we begin with the Elimination Chamber match for the uh, for the title as Drew McIntyre is defending against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston. Um, I'm first. I, look, I I am I'm kind of in a loss. I am so convinced that Brock Lesnar is the answer to the question that I, I don't know how they go about doing that. I don't know if that's Brock Lesnar stepping in and taking a spot in the chamber somehow and, and winning the belt, or if it's just him coming crashing in at the end of the night, whatever it is, I'm just so convinced it's Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar that I'm going to say should and will be Drew McIntyre with Brock Lesnar you know, crashing when the night is over in order to declare himself as being the number one contender at WrestleMania. Uh, I'm largely with you in, in that 
should and will be Drew McIntyre. I guess the one question is, you know, they they made a big deal, obviously, about Miz pulling himself out. Is that to set up something at the end of the night, or is that just to make us think that something could happen at the end of the night? Because they, you know, definitely more likely now than it was before that he cashes in. But, uh, you know, we, we've said it over and over again. I, I don't see Drew McIntyre losing before uh, WrestleMania, so should end well, Drew. I know that I'm the crazy sounding person. I, I think AJ Styles should win this match because I would much rather see AJ Styles versus Edge than Drew McIntyre versus Edge or Edge versus Roman Reigns. I really don't I'm not interested in any of those matches except for AJ Styles and Edge. Um, so I'm going to say he should win, but I think Drew's winning. AJ. Oh, thank you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm literally walking down the jet fort now. Oh, okay. um, but Wait, uh, give us your picks for the next for both yeah, chamber. Yeah, matches. That's fine. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I plan on staying on the phone until we take off, which you guys got time. But uh, um, I yes. think that uh, Drew McIntyre is going to win and he should win because the whole point of getting the title back on Drew after giving it to Randy for a month because Randy deserved it was because. Quite frankly, Drew needs to hold the belt till WrestleMania. He's he, his extended title reign combining them together is going to go down in history as one of the best ever. If you really think about it, well, I mean WrestleMania to WrestleMania longest, for yeah. the most part, yeah, right. Obviously, other than the the brief time that Randy Orton had it, it's it's significant, no doubt about that. All right, so let's combine these two. Then um, we'll combine. Obviously, who's going to win the other chamber match? Which, as we know, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. Who's winning it? Do they defeat Roman Reigns? And explain what we're setting up to following that. If you think something is setting up on Sunday night, um, AJ, I tell you what, I am going to agree with Aaron. Why don't you start just in case for some reason something happens and we lose you? Um, I think the answer's got to be, um, it's a good one. Hold on for a sec. All right, I'll go. <laughs> or no, Aaron, you go. You were going to be up first. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, this one is really, really tricky because I'm going to, I'm going to take this in two places here. I'll start with the should. What they have the potential to do here is almost set up a, a Kofi Mania moment of sorts, where you get through the chamber, you get screwed at the end, and even if it feels manufactured, if you do it the right way, it can feel like a big, big deal and get you to WrestleMania. You could do this with a number of people. You could do it with Cesaro. You could do it with uh, Jey Uso. You could do it in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, quite frankly, this is the way to do Jey Uso. You have him refuse to lay down at the end after winning the chamber match. Actually, the one guy I, I think it would be really tricky to do it with is Kevin Owens, because if he just loses to Roman again, it's just like, okay, I get it every time he's been screwed, but that's a lot of time to be screwed to to keep this going. Um, the So I'm going to actually say, in a way, the most the, what it should be is Jey Uso, with the possibility of Cesaro. Uh, I think you could do either well there. What it will be is, again, I'm having trick trouble with this because I, I do think that it's going to be Edge at WrestleMania. So what's the purpose of this? You can't accidentally create a Kofi Mania moment if you're going to Edge. Um, if Kevin Owens gets screwed again, he has to be the match at WrestleMania. So it can't be Kevin Owens. Um, it, Jey Uso would feel weird. 
Like, I think Cesaro would be the most logical choice, but you very big, you know, you risk having a big moment there that the crowd then turns on edge if it's not Cesaro. So I'm going to say it will be Cesaro, but I'm not confident about it at all, and I'm really wondering where they're going with all this. All right, let's skip. We'll go to AJ next because he's back. Um, I would say that it should, honestly, it should be Kevin Owens. If you really want to do it, you have him win this one and then actually beat Roman at Mania. I think that would be an incredible story that they have would have been telling for a long time. But I think it actually will be Jey Uso because I think that, as Aaron said, Jay is going to uh, win the match, I think, and not bow down to Roman. And then Roman's going to beat the soul out of him because he's already had an Elimination Chamber match. And that's how you do the build to Mania. So your Edge is essentially swooping in as a white knight then in that situation to, like, defend Jay <laughs> Uso's honor? Or? Uh, no, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not thinking it's Edge at Roman. I Okay. Yeah, I think he's saying it's Edge versus Drew. Yeah, I think it's going to be Edge versus Drew. And so now you're suggesting that we get the Jey Uso-Roman Reigns match that I asked for months ago. Yes. Yeah, that I didn't think was possible, hey, man. now I think it is. I'm all for Look it. that. I'd be so in favor of it. I'm just now, we've flipped roles here. Now I don't think it's possible. <laughs> yeah. how, did this, how did this math happen? We yeah, right? AJ well, thinking we because, were the craziest people right. on planet Earth. Because <laughs> here's why. Here's why. Because they've because set up this match. And they've done so much with it. And then like they did enough of it, like leaving it behind. Like, oh yeah, this is still something that we did, but you know, he's fully flipped now. He's fully flipped now until he wins the elimination chamber and now he has to face Roman again for the title. And then now Roman has to get him to bow down again and he doesn't. And that's the that's the story. I mean, AJ's right though. If if it wasn't for the fact that we were so convinced that it's Roman Edge, like this match screams that whoever wins this match is getting the match at WrestleMania, look, I, and it's definitely not Edge. I hear that's you. The reason you had this match. I hear you, man. I completely agree. I'm just well, I'm just convinced it's Edge. That's all. And, right. And the the other thing is, it also kind of it kind of screams the thing that we get concerned about, which is that there's going to be like an overbooked mess after the chamber's over. Like it's going to turn into like, it's not going to be like the, the dead, the like quote unquote dead guy is probably going to seemingly go over. And then like some Adam Pierce weird shit is going to like, this feels like some weird thing to me. Like, and I think you're right. Like the person who wins and then that happens to has to be the match. And like, honestly, I really feel in my gut that it, it should be Kevin Owens. Like that's who it should be. And I, I don't know why you do this a hundred times just to do nothing. Like it, it makes no sense. Like they've never definitively beat him. And so unless you're doing something else with Kevin Owens, that is prominent. I can't see past that. Like, I feel like he wins. He's all beat up and, you know, they do something weird with the finish where like him and Jay are the last two guys so that he can, you know, make sure that Kevin Owens is even more beat up by the time Roman gets there. But then some weird shit happens, like whether edge comes in and helps him or something is going to happen. I, I don't want any of that to happen. I just, I, I fear that this is where, like when we were scared about the overbooking of that one NXT match, I think this is where they actually will do 
something weird like that. And, um, but I, I, I still think it should and will be Kevin Owens. Um, wow. We're all over the place right now. <laughs> we are really all over the place. I, I like my, the funny thing is I think there's a scenario where whoever wins this, I'm, and I think Cesaro would make the most sense actually wins only to join Roman Reigns and to lay down and bow down and that's ah, and that's what okay. requires Edge coming in to white knight him, right? That uh, could be cool. Like and Cesaro's the most logical of that, right? Because I like that idea. It, it would bother you, but it wouldn't be like Daniel Bryan or Kevin Owens doing that would be Whole, you know, yeah. that would be a it lot. It doesn't fit their characters. Right. But Cesaro, it kind of works for, right? Like, you're, He's you're, a mercenary. You're acknowledging him as a face a little bit right now, but, like, is he really a face? Like, it would kind of make sense for you to be all sorts of behind Cesaro having this crazy run through the Elimination Chamber, kicking ass, and then out of nowhere, here comes Roman Reigns. They start laughing. Cesaro falls down. Everybody's pissed off everybody's furious and now you need a white knight to come in and save you um and here he is here's edge to try to save the day so in the scenario where you think it's going to be edge roman reigns that's the one that's kind of working for me and just because of that theory i'll say will be cesaro but should be yeah it should be like the best story that's there is you finishing the thing with kevin owens like it's and I love the Jey Uso one. You know how much I've wanted it to be Jey Uso. But I think the best story that exists for a WrestleMania match is Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns one more time. And Kevin Owens getting screwed again after doing everything the right way, winning the Elimination Chamber, putting himself in that match, and getting effed over one more time to set up some sort of WrestleMania match that prevents it. You know, we're, we're creating all these conversations knowing there's this edge thing that's just looming. So that's where I am with that. That's sort of my thought process. All right, uh, AJ, um, I guess we're just going to keep saying wait to find out. Is that <laughs> what we keep saying? Yes, indeed. Uh, very soon, though. Very soon, though. Very soon you'll know more about what AJ has been doing. Uh, at AJ Francis 410 what else do we need to plug for you, dude? Uh, nothing, man. I'm just really excited for the next couple of months. Um, I got to send y'all something later. So when I land, text me and don't, don't let me forget to send it to you. All right. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, enjoy your trip. Enjoy doing that literally insane thing you told us earlier <laughs> that no one can know about. Uh, appreciate it. There goes the main event. 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 I'm just, I'm just imagining what the people around him on the right. plane are thinking they think about. I'm, they it. think I'm insane. No, of hey, here's, they a, do. Here's, here's the crazy part. You got to bleep this out too, Ben. Okay. Uh, Glenn. Uh, the craziest part is I'm on the same flight as this. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am in. Comfort plus. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Hey, is that is anyone with that person? Uh, no. Uh, uh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, love you, buddy. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Peace. There goes uh, AJ uh, as he's on his way to Vegas. All right, uh, boys. Let's quickly. Anything else that we need to touch on from Raw or SmackDown this uh, week? I, I mean, yes. I did want to comment on the fact that Drew McIntyre is the dumbest person on the planet because apparently all you need to do is say. 
I don't want to defend my title in that match. I want to face the guy who wins after yeah, the match. I mean, it seems like a pretty easy thing. And then the management's thing. just cool with it. Yeah. Um, by the way, Aaron, to follow up on what you said about The Miz, I, I agree with you that it should be interesting, and it seems like there's... I, I'm, I'm still just it not... It feels like a tease for the sake of teasing to me. Yeah, I am just not convinced that they're doing anything with The Miz until after WrestleMania. I, I think they have enough yeah. of a mess right now on their hands. By the way... Brandon's scenario is actually probably the cleanest of anyone's to like try to clean all of this up. Is that you get an Edge AJ Styles match, you you get Roman in a legit match, and then you know Drew Mack. Sure doing well. I mean, you can still do the Drew Brock Lesnar thing. You could. Okay. It's the thing we yeah. talked about last week. You could still. Do yeah, that Drew, was that was my third match was right. Drew Brock yep. Lesnar. You can still do Drew Brock Lesnar without it being for the title. Again, it's it's a little. It's a little bit different than the way that you've used Brock Lesnar, but it's not It's not like you can't tell that story of why he's so, still so pissed off a year later about what happened that you, know, you couldn't easily tell a story of why it is that Brock wouldn't want to come back more inclined to face Drew than to fight for the title. So it can be done. And, and, if, you, and if you do it where Brock comes out at the end of the night and costs Drew the match, then it's clean, it's, and it gives Edge a reason yeah. to want to face AJ Styles because he's an illegitimate champion. Like you, all you get of, a lot out. Of all that. of that can work. The only part of it that I have problem with is you've done all of this for Drew McIntyre. Yes. I just struggle with doing all of that for Drew McIntyre just to have him drop the belt one month before WrestleMania. Like, or I guess technically not one month because they push WrestleMania back. But you get the point, right? Like you you get this close just to get rid of the belt because you wanted to do something with Edge. I. I, I will say it, it wouldn't be unprecedented. No, it's and by right. the way, it's not even that's what, it's what I was going to say. It wouldn't be unprecedented. And I know, listen, the person I'm going to bring up, please don't point out all the reasons why they're not Drew Mack. I, I get it. But they did do a lot with Jinder Mahal and had him beat Randy Orton like five times. I, I understand. And, and, but in championship well, the, matches, I think the better comparison is Kevin Owens. Yeah, that is, of well, course, the, the better comparison. The only reason they took the title off of him was because they wanted Brock Lesnar to fight AJ Styles and, or and, whatever and, it was and there's at no... Survivor Series. <laughs> it Wait. was literally the only reason. Oh, you're talking about Jinder Mahal? Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there yeah. were a number of reasons. No, I think, they, I think no, Aaron's... No, no, no. Aaron... They literally were advertising Jinder Mahal, Brock Lesnar. I, I understand. We, we can also go back at, you know, like the, the Indian sales were way down at that time. We found out that they canceled half of their tour dates right after. There, there were a number of reasons for that, but yes, that was one reason. And so let's yeah. the, hang on again. All of these scenarios, anything that you do based around Brock Lesnar, you're doing based around Brock Lesnar. The weird part about this is you'd actually be doing the opposite. You'd be taking right. Brock Lesnar out of your title picture in this scenario if you do the thing that we're talking about, which is very anti-WWE to do for a major event. And you're doing it only to because you're saying that edge is all that matters, right? Like that the most important thing, and presumably at that point, is to have edge win the belt at WrestleMania. That's. Do, do, do you know what? I just thought of the best use of Brock Lesnar. Like that makes perfect sense, and we would all, I think, lose our collective minds. The real. <laughs> oh my God! I can't. I can't believe this. So the real best use of Brock Lesnar is to have someone that, say, has a shitload of money pay right. him. Right. Oh, jeez. Right. Stop, stop, stop. 
right, right. the Stop. most money that's, on that's the all. planet I, I, to take out the yeah. NXT champion. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful idea. Trust me, it's a wonderful <laughs> idea. It is. It's not happening, so let's not waste that's any time. The only, that's the only idea that I want for There Rob is Lester. also the one scenario that, that we're not really willing to consider, which is the scenario where there's just no Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania this year. Right. That, right. that despite the fact that they're trying... Look, they haven't even put tickets on sale. Still. Which is really weird. It, it really I mean, I know is they're, weird. they're still figuring out exactly how to space it out. Right. But it's well, weird. My, ge- my guess is they're going to give a lot away, like the Super Bowl did and stuff like that. Uh, maybe. I mean, I you know, I, I still think they're going to try to sell a boatload of tickets. They got a two night yeah. event, and they're going to have. They will, but they'll do some something that spins it to make them sure. look a little bit. I, better. I think I think they'll do you know two thousand, but I still yeah. think they're going to try to sell. You know, twenty to twenty-five thousand tickets. Of, co- of course. I mean, I, but, I think they're but maybe to do to that, you need that. to start selling now. Yeah, presumably. I mean, presumably. I mean, look, it's not like they have a lot of competition. You know, what I mean, like let's let's keep and, that. In and mind. actually, since they're only targeting twenty, they can just be targeting people in Florida. Right. Correct. I mean, they don't really need people to be planning travel in order to pull this off. They can they can make this happen. But it, I, I guess, I'm just going to bring up there is some plausible scenario by which they say, look, we we just don't. Br- Brock makes more sense when we can have a full stadium. And the thing that we keep talking about with the idea of maybe them trying to make SummerSlam a stadium show, if now it's it, it's feeling really, really unlikely that we could have full stadium shows again by, by the end of the summer, but perhaps but they Florida, you know what? Well, yeah. They can do it the same way they're doing this, though. I was going to say, right. if, if you think that the University of Florida or Florida State isn't filling their stadiums in September. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I hear you. I To some extent, I hear you on that. Um, I think we were saying a lot of these things last year around this time, and we were surprised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think they're going to try to, and I think that that's got to be in the back of WWE's mind, is doing a bigger show later on this year, presumably SummerSlam. But as we just, at some point, you have to be able to lay plans for that. You ha- You have to be able to say... We know four months ahead of time we can do this full stadium show to start selling tickets, to start putting effort into that full stadium show. You can't find out a month beforehand that the government is going to relax everything and say, go right ahead, sell a full stadium show, by all means go do it, and and try to pull it off and make it work at that point. Like You need a little bit more than that for a full stadium type of show for SummerSlam. So. I don't know exactly where we are. I do think there's some scenario where all of my Brock Lesnar assumptions disappear because we just find out there's not going to be a Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania this year. Um, I'd still bet against it, but I think it's plausible. I think it's plausible. And What's that- the match? Let's let's assume. Okay, let's assume it's still Edge Roman. Let's assume we can't get Brock. What's your Drew match? I, I've had no problem. I, I guess there's two Drew matches. The first one would be Sheamus, right? Like that. That's, yeah. That's the easy. It, it doesn't one. really feel like a WrestleMania match, which is what it makes me hesitate about I, it. You know, but. I'm only going to disagree with you on that because I don't think I think that Sheamus, based on longevity alone, has more uh, mainstream appeal than the average wrestler does. I, I agree. Um, I I think more kids are familiar with Sheamus than you're 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 thinking through. Like my kids aren't even old enough to have known Sheamus as being a star, and yet they're aware of who Sheamus is because they've heard other kids talk about Sheamus because Sheamus has had action figures on sale over the years, right? Like for, for I, like for like for like ten years or yeah, twelve years I, or whatever I, it's been. I it doesn't feel like it today. But I think the general appeal of a Drew McIntyre Sheamus WrestleMania main event 
actually works more than you're you're thinking through that it works. Um, I think it's not it's not in case of emergency break Randy Orton glass. It's 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 not that, but it's not so far away from just throwing Randy Orton at a problem. Um, yeah, I mean the issue is it's not sexy, and that's what everybody yeah. wants the like sexy like. Or for mania, they that... try for sexy. Well, but huh? You say that. <laughs> oh boy. Is it, is, what, what did you say? I said for mania, you try for sexy. Well, no, right. And then some, but sometimes they just like they do settle for the non-sexy matches sometimes, as, as we've pointed out. And I know that someone decided that only the matches from the last five years count or whatever. But if you go back the past nine or ten years, like there's Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, there's but you that know, was when, but that was when you had a, you know, that was for the belt that was very clearly the number two belt. That was basically for the Intercontinental title at that point. I mean, it was the title on its own show. But, but they, no, it was not. By that point, the two shows had merged. Yeah, that is oh, true, okay. too. That is true, too. There, there were not okay. two completely separate rosters. If, if, if What we're talking about is predating not even the Fox thing with SmackDown, but when SmackDown went back to being live. Um, when SmackDown basically when they set basically when they separated the brands basically when they made the two belts matter right when when and and specifically when it went back to being like when you when you had to start watching SmackDown again because as we remember there was a time where you did not have to watch SmackDown where it just was the other show so that's what you're sort of going back to is it was it live before Fox yeah it was for a while okay. in fact after they did that. When, when they do, did the Tuesday, the Tuesday nights on whatever and, it was. I'm on. just trying to remember what year that was because we did that huge party, Aaron. Well, it was it was 2016. And that because was, that was when they did the brand split. That again. was when they did the the brand split again. So that would be the date that you go back to that, and everything since then has been with two belts that are supposed to both be legitimate world championship belts, um, and they haven't done those types of things. Now that being said. You know, was the Shinsuke match in New Orleans a sexy match, or we were we just all excited because we like Shinsuke Nakamura? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. You know, like that would be the the best comparison I could come up with. Like that was it was fun for wrestling fans because we were all in love with Shinsuke and we were riding a high. But outside of wrestling fans, I mean, did did the average person have any fucking clue who Shinsuke Nakamura was? No. Okay. So. No. That, I mean, like, I would say... I mean, that, I mean you, you sold it as the Royal Rumble winner and a great... You know, that, that's right. how they tried to sell it there. And you're right, that's a But Drew, Drew McIntyre, yeah. Sheamus would have much more appeal to the average person than Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles. Yes. So, I mean, I, I would make that comparison. I also think there's a secondary... Like, I, I we, we, we introduced the concept of Bobby Lashley. I, I get it, right? Like, I, I get it. And we've talked for some time about Bobby Lashley's clock and feeling like he should be a a heavyweight champion and should be in that pantheon. But, like, if not now, when type of deal? Um, he's not getting younger. He's He's been booked really well. I, I mean, if, if, if you give the belt to Sheamus or to uh, Edge, that's who takes it off of him, I feel. Like sure. that, you have Lashley and, beat and, Edge. I'm sorry. You're saying you have you wait on that that you wait a little bit later in the year. Yeah, I think I think if if you have Edge winning the title, I mean that feels if he's in a title match, it kind of feels like a foregone conclusion that he's going to win. 
Um, I, I, you know, until we know who it is, we can't really say I was going to say, I don't, I don't know it's a foregone conclusion he beats Roman. It, it, it feels like it. I, you know, like, I it would just if, if it's, if it's Edge Roman, I do, I, I absolutely agree with Aaron. I do not think for a second it's a foregone yeah. conclusion. In fact, I, I think well, if he, I, I think in fact, after I, the Raw title, I would go a step beyond, wins. I would go a step beyond it's not a foregone conclusion. I would say he's an underdog. I mean, yes. like, I, I think it's less than 50-50 that Edge wins if he faces Roman Reigns. I do agree, Roman, however. Roman minus 175 on that one. Yeah. But you don't think all the math with him having one more year left feels like he's winning the belt? I mean, if, he, from, if it's a, if it's about him winning the belt, he should just be going for the raw belt. Then they well, should do the correct. AJ okay, style. thing. hold on. Thing. You guys are adding a lot to this that I didn't say. I'm saying, without knowing who the opponent is, I just have the feeling that he is. Now, and when we find that out, we might change our mind. But it feels to me like this is about him winning a title and having one last run, and having one year left on his deal, and being gone forever. That's what this feels like to me. So if you're doing that, to me, Bobby Lashley is the perfect person to take the title off of him when it's time to, to you know, hopefully his run isn't super long. Um, the thing about Bobby Lashley, so the other thing that everybody's wanted forever, and that he's personally wanted forever, is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Correct. And I think that... Is also, and I think the way that you explain it, and like, because we always talk about how Brock only wants the title or whatever. I think the way we explain it is that the Hurt Business, you know, offers Brock Lesnar like ten million dollars, you know, whatever. In storyline, it's like if you can beat Bobby Lashley, you're, or they, maybe they start running the thing where like, if anybody can break his Hurt lock, then they'll win this much money. And then one week, Brock Lesnar shows up, and that's how you start the feud. He breaks the hurt lock, and then, you know, you go on to the match, and then ultimately, hopefully, you put Bobby Lashley over him, and then you get, like you said, he's old, older. He doesn't have that much left. He probably should get a little run with one of the belts, considering the success they've had with him over the past few months. So I think that would be a good stepping stone for him. And then you could book it in a way that it makes sense for Brock Lesnar to want to do it. I mean, I don't, I think if Bobby Lashley is the champion, you, you've done way too much work than it's necessary. If Bobby Lashley is the champion, then Brock Lesnar facing Bobby Lashley does needs no work. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying it, that would be the WrestleMania match. For like if, if, if I, I just think that if, the, the, if Brock the, is not fighting for the title, but we want to do something prominent uh, with Bobby Lashley, and oh, we wait, want to do now? something prominent. Yeah, with Brock. I mean, oh, I, you're speeding that. Yeah, I yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I if Brock's back, it's either to fight for the championship or to fight Drew McIntyre. To me, like, I, you know, that's 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 what he's doing. Um, but but you know, it's not. I'm not saying it's a terrible idea. It just kind of seems a little unnecessary at the moment. Anything else from Raw SmackDown that we have to cover? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we didn't talk about, um, you know, they're going towards Sasha and Bianca, which is fantastic. Like, I, you know, I, I said it right off that it felt a little weird, but just seeing those two in the ring and realizing that, oh my god, and you know, they're they're pushing these two as, and you know, now that it's a little dicey on the Raw women's side, but as like the most important women's match is going to be these two looking like that, and and it it was everything. I just seeing those two in the ring together. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks big. I don't disagree with that. I, th- I still think that they need to work on, you know, like, I, can you dance with just this feels cool, so don't worry about, you know, characters and faces and I heels. I think for this one time you can. I, and, I, and I would tend to agree that you can get the WrestleMania with that, but I think it needs to be pointed after that. And I, you know, yes. 
I think that Bianca is the answer. Like, I think Bianca should be, you know, a badass, and and I I feel stronger about that. But we all know that Sasha is plenty capable of being a strong heel too. Um, I just think you can you can get away with this for a little while and just painting it as a big match and it not mattering that there's no face and no heel. It's not all that dissimilar to what you did with the women's main event a couple years ago. Um, I, I think that that's as far as you can go with that, and then you yes. need to have um, more more determined uh, character after that. One one hundred percent correct about that, and yeah. Um, and then we got to talk about the raw side. Do we? <laughs> I mean, like, do I we? mean, it, it. They're very every. All the plans are changing now. Um, do you guys hate me if I if you if I tell you that I really like that? You really? Well, like, wait, what do you like? You, about you like the it? segment like, this or the storyline? The segment. Yeah, the segment I thought was fine. Ric Flair dancing around. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I I kind of enjoyed that. But yeah, it, I mean, if if the plan was Charlotte and Lacey for the belt, obviously that's gone. And, right. and clearly your yeah. storyline is it. I, I can't believe for a second that you're simply sliding Peyton Royce <laughs> into. Well, no, I mean, it, I feel at this point it's Oscar Charlotte. Yeah, you have to do that. And I'm, you like, you want me to be bothered by that? <laughs> like, I'm not saying you need to be bothered by okay, it. I'm just saying like, we have to talk about it because it's a thing that happened. Sure. I mean, I yes, it has to be Oscar Charlotte. Cool. What? Like that's sort of where I am. Is like that's. I'm completely fine. Do, with does that. Rick stick around? I think that that's the yeah, one like, question. Are they gonna pivot? Are they gonna pivot them to be supporting Oscar? Um, I, that wouldn't really make sense for Lacey. I, I, I guess I would, what I would say is, does it matter? It does. Well, I, I would say this. I, if I'm them, I use this as an opportunity to phase out Rick. I, and like you can say that, but at the same time, they clearly like having him around. You know, and it's it's getting numbers too. And and I have no issue. So how do you how do you use Rick in a non cringy way for the next two months? I mean, I don't know that you keep saying. Why does it have to be non cringy? Like why there, start? Okay. Why start I now? It to be cringy. Why okay. start now with there it being non cringy? <laughs> here's here's my thought with that. If I'm getting Oscar <laughs> Charlotte, I want that to be clean of cringiness. I mean, I kind of tend to agree. I think you could have Rick around for a little while and and get to a match without him. Like I don't think get, that get, you can have Rick through fast lane and then get through fast lane. I, or towards. or even just sort of lingering as part of a Charlotte story, her complicated relationship with her dad. But I think that once you get to to Asuka, like, like I think you can get to the match without Rick being significant towards the match. If part of of Charlotte's story leading up to the match is her continued complicated relationship with her dad, I don't think that takes something away from from Charlotte versus Asuka. I think that's that's fine if it's just sort you, of part of, of Charlotte's story. Do you, do you think there's any way they try to shotgun Rhea Ripley into this situation? I thought about it. I thought about, you know, okay, so what ha- what do you do with this match? Do you do something where Asuka comes out and, you know, expecting it, you know, saying she wants a title match, you know, to defend her title anyways, and it's Rhea, and then you go Rhea Charlotte. But I, I don't know why you do that if you just want you know, I, I, I think, think Oscar Charlotte do, is perfectly fine. I mean, honestly, I think if you do Rhea Charlotte, I think Charlotte needs to be the champion. Because I agree they with that. Did, yeah, they they did the reverse last year, I so it actually would make sense. It just screws over Oscar, which seems to be a recurring thing. Well, and, keep, and keep in mind, we're recording this on Friday. There have to be some more matches on the elimination oh, chamber yeah. card. Well, I sure. mean, both. I mean, there definitely will be some. 
But both elimination chambers are probably going to be an hour. I, I don't, they don't need I don't, to add yeah. more than one or two. Right. But but some they can't. You know they're going to have to add something to the elimination chamber. Uh, I think there's one other thing we need to talk about. All right. That all right, we got to do it quickly. Different. Quickly. Okay. So we haven't mentioned this person at all, but there's definitely a Seth Rollins monkey wrench that could get thrown into all of this stuff. Do we like? Do we think that's just so that he can fight Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania or something like that? Or yeah. Make make him feel big without necessarily needing a title. Yeah, I yeah. I tend to think so okay. as well. I think I think if he had come out as a face, you could have put him in as a dark horse. All right, let's look at you know this possibility for Mania. But since he's a heel, I think that's what it is. Is that is that who is that the match you would pick, or would you do like him and Big E or something like that? Um, I I have no problem with Rollins and Bryan. We really haven't seen that match, have we? Uh, not. I mean, they fought when the shield was a thing, but right. that wasn't, Seth Rollins was not Seth Rollins yet. Exactly. So, yeah, if you're wanting, if you want to tell me, all right, we need a another big match here, a match that feels big, not necessarily for a title. I think that's a, a really good way to do it. So, wh- what do you think Big E is, d- does at WrestleMania? Just to follow up on previous Wait. conversations we've had about making sure this is a real thing for Big E. I, mean, we, I, I haven't felt like it is a real thing for Big E. I, I was going to so. say it's the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania, which probably means he's in a six man yeah. match. Right. That's what I was going to say, too. It, it seems like they're teasing that, too. With, but with if, the by multiple... the way, if you, ju- if you just let Sammy and Big E have a 20-minute match, that's fine, too. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about some of the other stuff from the week, uh, boys. I guess uh, we have to first start with the biggest story of the week, which is, of course, as I told you a week ago, the Forbidden Door is the single greatest thing that's ever <laughs> happened in the history of professional wrestling because Juice Robinson is now an impact, and... That means that everything else doesn't matter whatsoever. F every other story of the week. Juice Robinson being an impact is the most important thing that's ever happened in the history of pro wrestling. See, you didn't have to worry about having to watch 12 hours. Now you just have to watch two hours of wrestling a week because nothing matters besides impact. Uh, Those are the only two I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick nothing else during the course of the week besides the hours that Juice Robinson is involved with. And the rest of you should do the same because there is no point to professional wrestling that doesn't involve Juice Robinson. All right. um, Look, uh, TakeOver was tremendous. We haven't had the opportunity to talk about it yet. It was tremendous. And this, you know... I hate when I when I talk about a, something I want to compliment and I revert to something that I have not been complimentary of in the past. This is why I was reminded of how mad I was about the Pat McAfee thing. Because this is the sacred... The, the word takeover deserves to be sacred within professional wrestling. We have so little that is. And the takeover brand has proven to be so good, so frequently... Everything that you want as a professional wrestling fan. And on Sunday night, once again, TakeOver was everything that I could have possibly wanted as a professional wrestling fan. And it's why you should never mess with that and just let it be what it would be. It was even better than I expected the show to be. It was outstanding from start to finish. You know, it's one of those things I was going... I, I saw a tweet on Friday and Saturday that made me start thinking about it. Like... Going back and thinking about it, NXT has been a total mess for a year. But yet, as Glenn says, the takeovers, with the exception of Pat McAfee in, in Glenn's mind, is uh, is always no, 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 the no. thing. No, just with the exception of Pat McAfee. If you're attempting to qualify <laughs> that as only being on me, then you yeah, are part on. of the problem. But fine. With the exception of Pat McAfee, you know, NXT can be a mess. The, the show NXT, the Wednesday night show NXT. 
But takeovers are always okay. going to deliver. I want to get. I want you to flush that out. How is NXT any more of a mess than any other professional wrestling brand brand that exists? It's definitely well, okay. not. It's well, not. Oh, hold, but he, well, here's here's why. Because before the past year, NXT was not a mess. Okay, well, there was a and, pandemic. <laughs> like, well, no, I, but I, I don't, mean, I don't agree been, with that. We've been talking about it, how the main event scene is muddled. The main event is Pat McAfee for four months. Like, well, what has been yes, the but, good story? You know, we were talking about it, Brandon, on the text. There are no faces right now. There's no, com- you know, compelling faces so in NXT bad. right now. I think, right. I think, I think By the way, have you... Wait, 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 Brandon. Did you just say there's no faces? There's... Kyle to the moon! You <laughs> son that's, of that's a your next big bitch! One for what the sure. hell is wrong with you? <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, if if in any world they think that he is going to be a heel, oh, they're they lucky there's no. They, crowd. I don't. I don't believe because it's very clearly yeah, they, they think that, that and, and some face is going to reveal that he didn't actually sell well, a stock. No, no, no. He cashed out, so he has the money. He's cast out on GameStop, so it's not like they can reveal that he doesn't know what he's doing or whatever. They now he can could lose on anything. <laughs> well, they, he could lose on something else. Anyway, what I was going to say is, I think there's a difference between pointing out that there are issues in a show being a complete mess. If you want to see a show that's a complete mess, go to the other channel. But that is, I'm not, I'm not even comparing it to one or the other. I'm simply saying I'm that. Trying to say what has been the good in NXT over the past year? What's that? What? What has been the good in NXT as far as storyline, storytelling? Yeah, what? I, I mean Raquel Gonzalez has been spectacular. Like okay. she's she's been phenomenal. Raquel has been very good. Okay, and and, and EO too. Like their their women, okay, so, okay. their women's division is the, by the far the best. Tampa and uh, and Timothy Thatcher. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can say. Now, look, I, I think I think in compared to I think everything's been a mess in professional wrestling for a year. I I do think that NXT has not been able to. Um, avoid some of those issues, and some of it is their own doing, right? Like we we talked, they didn't w- the weird stuff they did with Karrion Cross was on them. That you know that's that had nothing to do with the pandemic, and that was absurd and and doesn't make any sense. And and I I can't figure that and out, and I won't be able to figure that it out. Hasn't really resolved itself. Right, correct. Maybe it's, now it's weird. That doesn't make the show a mess and bad. I mean, I think I kn- I. I think the show has been very, very messy. There's been very, as far as in the men's division, there has been very little good outside of the matches over the past year. See, I think this is, to me, this is the kitchen sink scenario. This is like, this is like the fights I get in with my wife where it's like, you, you walk in your house that. like, this place is a complete disaster. It's like, no, it's not. Like, there's a little bit of a mess over there. There's a little bit of a mess over there. But this, it's not a complete disaster. I can show you a couple people's houses that would fit that yeah. description. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait. Wait till your daughter gets a a, a little bit mover forward. It will always be a complete trash disaster. In the place, yeah. There you go. I'm just I'm just saying. Like it's. It, I think there's a difference between like one room in your house being messy. I I, I guess I think I, it only jumped off to me the way that you said it. I understand what you're well, saying in that yeah. in by NXT standards, this has been a rough like NXT's. We we hold to the highest standard of professional wrestling, and by that standard. The year has been rougher for any number of reasons. There's a bunch of shit going on. Goes, has, goes to two, you know, there's that. It's gone to two hours. There's been a number of things that made it change. Well, but well that, to, but to that be wasn't. fair, well, to be fair about the part of Aaron's point that I agree with is that this started to happen when it went to USA. It didn't start with the pandemic. Yeah. I think I think it it shifted a little bit to 
I don't know if it's serving a multiple masters now or whatever the but we we I think we all can acknowledge we felt a difference not that it was it became this horrible show but we felt a difference when it went to USA and we felt that the storylines got a little bit more convoluted or a little bit more let's try this okay that didn't work you know it felt a little more raw and smackdowny although not anywhere near as bad or bad's the wrong word but you know what I mean. Not nearly as raw or SmackDown-y, but a little bit of it. Look, I, here's what I would say. I did not, you know, I expected this to be a good show because I expected it always. I always expect Taker to be a good show. I We talked about our concerns about the main event. They largely avoided that until after the match was over. And so what they were able to do instead was tell an incredible story, an absolutely fucking phenomenal main event. Um, and so I, that's a huge thumbs up. The tag matches were bonkers good. Now, that was probably to be expected. NXT tag matches have largely been quite good over the years. It's something they've constantly gotten right, and then they wait to screw up all those tag teams the moment they get to the main <laughs> roster, so that's a different story. We'll deal with that when that we have to deal with it. Um, it was just There was just so much to like, despite the fact that until the main event was over... Yeah, it's it's fair unfair to say consequence. Of course, the the winners of the 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 Dusty Cup. There's consequence there because they're both getting you know title matches moving forward. But as far as consequence was concerned, until we got to Adam Cole, and I'm gonna make a I'm gonna offer a hot take. I think that actually is one of the worst things that happened on Sunday. Um, and I'll and I'll get to that in a second. Um, until we got to that, it wasn't like it was an overwhelmingly consequential show. It was just a good show. It was a really, really good show with really good matches, and that's cool, and it's okay to get that sometimes. Although now that we've seen Wednesday, there are there have been a consequence out of every single match on the card. There legitimately has been something that happened on TakeOver that was continued on the show well, okay. Wednesday. I mean, that's, that's a different thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's fine. But it wasn't like... Sometimes a show is good because it's shocking and there are title changes and there are things that right. don't ex- you don't expect to happen and you're really blown away. That's not the reason why this show was good. It was really good because there was a bunch of work being done. Well, well you know what it was? It was NXT Pay Backlash. <laughs> it was like it was like that show that I honestly went in being like on paper like I okay, I really like Raquel Gonzalez, but okay, and okay, I really like Johnny Gargano and Kushida, but Holy shit, yeah, what was right. that? Yeah, it was wonderful. And I mean, you had the two best in-ring workers in the world going well, out, but they let them wrestle. There's a, well, right, exactly. That's yeah, exactly. Point. Well, that's the thing. They almost stripped the storylines or the need for storylines from the show. You know, in, the show almost lived in a bubble, where it was like, we're going to ignore, for the most part, any storylines going in. We're going to let them wrestle. And coming out of it, coming out of it, we will incorporate it, but in the matches itself, we're yeah. just going to let, just them, let rest- them go. Yeah. Well, well, the, go. the genius of it was right that exact thing with the with the Gargano thing. They got it out of the way immediately. They had they had Loomis steal Austin Theory, and then okay, good. Now we can just wrestle. And then with the uh, with the main event, they did it all post bell, and um, I, those well, are really the, the two. That I think we. Yeah, the tournaments were tournaments, so they were about the wrestling anyways. Right, but those other two were the ones we were concerned could get a little goofy because of the other elements that we knew were at play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... I, 
we I think this felt the closest to a pre-pandemic takeover that we've had because even when the show did what you know the things that were you know that we're alluding to when it went to USA the takeovers were still takeovers they never deviated for, to a weird takeover until we got the pandemic takeovers and mostly those were still Pretty much up to the standard, it, with the exception all, there's, of there's there's one thing that they screwed up. That's it. <laughs> they screwed up one. Well, thing. Well, the Velveteen Dream stuff was a little. They, I mean, it, it was awkward and it was uncomfortable. It was messy. It was uncomfortable yeah. though. Like there was something else that was going on there. Like it, it was it the cinematic match, which was a little outside of what a takeover does. Um, but, just the stuff like but, that. But it doesn't make it bad. Right, but that was because there was a like pandemic. A, like that was very specific no, 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 that's because they, that had nothing to do with USA. This had all the elements to what you would expect. You had somebody arrive. You know, you had, you, you had, like, we sort of expected that for a while from TakeOver that they'd show some guy that they just signed in the audience or whatever. Right. That was, so that you got that. You got the greatest promo for a wrestler in the history of promos. Oh, <laughs> By the way, I'll, I'll be tweeting about this later. I have a lot of people message to ask why we haven't uh, invited them to like sit in and be a co-host like we did with Joe Miller last week and we've done with some other people. Uh, I will let anyone sit in and co-host if you get me an oil painting of Cameron Grimes and his <laughs> underpants. If oh, you yeah. commission three an of oil them, painting... We each, we each need one. Uh, yeah. eh, uh, I need one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you commission said oil painting of Cameron Grimes and his underpants and his top hat laying down like that, I will absolutely make you... In fact, I might kick Aaron off the show. <laughs> That's how much I need that painting immediately. So, I'm again, I'm going to say this. I, I know... We have waited so long for this moment to occur that it was always going to be tough for it to kind of live up to the expectation of the moment. And I tried to I tried to measure my reaction to it in the did they do it appropriately because there was no reason for us to think that was going to happen at the end of the show or is it more the way that I feel it is which was I don't feel like this had the pop that I was going to want from the moment that you broke up the Undisputed Era because they were afterthoughts. I don't like that. I disagree. This, I, it was what you said at first. It completely shocked me because I think, and here's well, where I, the Pat I, I, If it completely shocked you, I, I, dis, I can't disagree with that more. We've known this oh, was, was coming for some time. I was time. shocked that that was the person that did. Like, I was... They they had convinced me with the Pat McAfee thing that Adam Cole was going to be the face going out of this somehow. Now, they have done work with Kyle O'Reilly since then, but the Finn Balor stuff has confused me so much that I didn't see this coming at all. I thought there would be some more convoluted... I, I honestly thought Roderick Strong, and I know that he's not like... doesn't have the star power of Adam Cole... I honestly thought either him or Finn was going to do so. like I had no idea where this was going just because I felt like you know it, it felt like to me that that was too obvious and maybe I, that was just me overthinking I, it like oh yeah Adam Cole is just going to kick him or whatever like to me there were so many other things going on that I just wasn't sure where that was going and I think we've said that for we there hasn't been one week where any of us have said well Adam Cole's just going to kick his head off at some point 
Okay, well, well I mean, we have pointed out we... how weird it is that they've been, you know, they they were weird faces. It was very yeah. strange, and something had to give there. Well, we, I mean, now we, maybe we, Adam Cole wasn't the one. I've, I've but used the we term knew something was about to break. I've used sure. the term "shit" or "get off the pot" when it comes no, to no, this. No, no, no. Something 50 was gonna happen. I wasn't shocked that something happened. I was shocked that happened. I mean, okay, I I shocked. No, not whatsoever. I, I was like watching all the guys. I knew something was gonna happen. I just didn't know like. Who was gonna do what? But this I guess. Is the, uh, this had to happen at some yes. undisputed era. I just gotta be honest; has become irrelevant, and and that was the bigger story to me is that I didn't feel it. The shield breaking up mattered because holy fucking shit, you're you're gonna split now when we're running everything. They have to split well, up. It was They're not the most doing shocking anything. thing about that was that everyone was already convinced they knew which guy was going to turn heel, and it's, it wasn't that it's, guy. It's that part, was the only thing shocking about no, it. No, it wasn't. We were it was the for, yes, it was. I wasn't surprised at all that they broke up the group. I was surprised that it was Seth Rollins. For me, that was the only... We were waiting Brandon, for Ambrose to turn on them every single week. Brandon, if, if you want to say that like you can never be surprised if somebody breaks up, the idea in kayfabe is that when a group is at the top, at the top of professional wrestling, it's shocking for someone to split. In kayfabe, Undisputed Era wasn't on the fucking card. They're well, one, irrelevant. One of, hasn't been on the one of them could be dead for all we know. He hasn't been on the show for... Yes, and that's a different thing. They're irrelevant. They have to break up. What is the point of being a faction if you're not even relevant enough to be on the card? You lose the moment, the sting of the moment, because why the fuck wouldn't you break up? What is the point of this faction existing if no one matters enough to be on a takeover card? They're, they're nothing. There is no Undisputed Era. I mean, they're, to be fair, they've been in the main event of the takeover card like two out of the last three takeovers. That's fine. They weren't on the card. They told an entire story from takeover to takeover where Undisputed Era was irrelevant. They were a sideshow. Wasn't a member fighting for the championship? What? Twice? Kyle O'Reilly was in the right, title He got a title picture. match. Yes. Here's, here's where I'm going to disagree. I, I, I'm kind of between you guys here. Like, to say Undisputed Era was irrelevant is wrong. They were part of the main event of every NXT. They were part of the main event story, even if they were on the card. And, they yet, were, and they, all they we were kept saying about is what a mess it was. The... They weren't part of the story because there was no story. We kept saying there is no story here. It's just a mess. I That's mean, it. I, I almost think that you could point, point it the other way where the match was the irrelevant part and it was Undisputed Era versus... Pete Dunne. Yes, and, and that was that was worsened because the match was so fucking good that I didn't need the Undisputed Era anymore. Right. Now, uh, but but I'm saying going into that, I almost think that the match was the irrelevant part and the Undisputed Era was the relevant part. Right, except the fact that they weren't on the card. There was nothing with the Undisputed Era that was on the actual card itself. And if you're in a faction and you can't be on a takeover right. card, what is the point of being a faction? And that's where I'm agreeing with you there, is that they absolutely needed to be on the card. I just disagree that they were irrelevant, because they were. I think they were more re more relevant than you know any of those guys in the main event. It, it, that would have been the story if you had done this somehow before the main event match. After the main event match happened, the main event match was incredible. It was wonderful. And I am interested in all of those things. At that point, you are now introducing three guys who had nothing to do with the card and saying, well... Be shocked by this! Come on, man. To say they had nothing to do with the card is wrong, though. That's the that's the thing. Yeah, they, the whole I mean, match was about the undisputed era, yeah. like the, the whole build to the match. 
What? The Nothing. They were involved, built in, the, they they were involved the in it. Yes, they were involved in they it. They were. They were the bigger part than the title itself. What are and you talking about? They're the bigger the part shot. than the title itself. So, I'm saying that the the match was more of a branch off of the feud between Team McAfee or whatever you want to call them in Undisputed Era. That almost became a branch of that feud more than just the single match itself. We were even saying it last week that this match felt weird because. There was no story yes, there because, because the it was story a mess. was Team McAfee versus the Undisputed Era. No, because the whole thing was a mess. And nobody was talking about it being Team McAfee versus Team Undisputed Era. We didn't say that at all. You're making that up now a week later to try to make a point. What we talked about is that there would be eight people involved in the match. Nobody was saying this is a side story. Because there's eight people involved in the match because the, ma- the yeah, feud was the, the story. Team. But that's they've not the is feud. They've had these guys fighting each other for... That's, yes, they have. That's bullshit. They have had them attacking each that's other. That's utter bullshit that you're throwing in here now to try to make a point. Nobody was saying that. A week ago, not How? one of you. It's legit. Why you said that? Think that eight people were going to get involved with because the it's a mess. Because it's a complete and utter mess. Because it's like AEW. Because not because there was a good story being told. No one said that once. There was no story. That's they the were... point. There was not a story there at all. You're changing this now because you want to try to we're make not a point. Anything. You're we're saying just, there was a story. Uh, there was no story. Out what they did every week. There was no story. It was just a mess of people that were thrown in together. There was no story being told in the process. Uh, by the way, I'd just like to point out that the, the Undisputed Era have been in the main event or a featured match of every takeover and weren't on this years, one except for this one. Correct! That's the point! You're well, making it! On one show. Do you know how many takeovers Johnny Gargano hasn't been on? He's not in a faction until now! <laughs> the point is, if you're in a fucking faction and you can't get a match on a takeover, why are you in a faction? What is that faction doing for you? What? Name anything. Any point of being in a faction if you don't get a match on a takeover. That I agree with. It is irrelevant. You, there is no point to a faction at all. I do like, like the only trope that I like in, um, in face factions is the idea that we just like hanging out together, right? And so that's the reason why we want to be a faction. They've never told that story. That's never come up with the Undisputed they have, Era. They have them backstage hanging out. All they're like talking about brother. when they're hanging that's out is how much better they, they are than everybody fashion. else. What? They weren't a face faction. That's they were a heel faction who happened to be aligned against heels. Correct. They were never a face fa- They were never the group that was just like, dude, I just really like you guys, and that's the only reason why we're doing I this. I mean, they did cut that promo, but it was awkward. Well, they, brothers, they had those dinners. The, the War Games thing, they did cut the promo. But, oh, no, no, they cut the, those promos to say how great they were, that they ran things. They never no, cut they promos. called themselves brothers in arms or whatever. They can use that. In every single promo, they referenced how great they were and that they ran the show. Every single promo they did, all they talked about was how good but, and, and how and relevant they were. I think every promo going forward is going to be about how exactly what you're saying. Adam Cole is going to say all the stuff you're saying, and that's going to be the storyline. Yeah. Why, why are we of aligning ourselves? Yes, that's why are the we point. aligning and, ourselves with the champion when we should be kicking the champion's ass? Or no, we're, and no, we're a bunch of losers now. But I'm not a loser. You guys are dragging me down. Yada yada. Well, I yada, think that's yada, what yada. he should do. I agree with that, and that's why I, 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 it lost it for me. That's the type of moment that should happen 
when Kyle O'Reilly loses a title match. But that's don't the you type think of that's part of the story they wanted to tell? Was they wanted to show that so that it made sense? And 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 like in a way, I think I agree with you. That's Shawn Michaels had written all over it, like melodrama, overthinking it, like oh, we need to show every story beat versus going for the shock moment. And maybe part of that was because there's no crowds, let's do it this way. And if there was a crowd, they'd go for the big pop moment. But you, but like they're gonna go back and show all this stuff in the video packages now of like you know so and so losing a tag team match and so and so losing this match and like you know Kyle O'Reilly trying to be buddies with Finn Balor like that's I mean gonna that's be it's gonna be really weak though all of Adam Cole's excuses but but Adam but that's that it's weak that's not the problem with doing that is it's not good work because Adam Cole hasn't been like off doing wonderful things while everybody else has been you know like losing it's not like he was carrying them while everybody well, else the was weirder, losing. Right. The weirder part is he hasn't been on the show at all. For the most part. And when he was, like in the Dusty Cup, they didn't win. Like, But he didn't get pinned, right? Th- I mean, fine, that's, I guess. That, but that's going to be what they say. I, 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 I mean, they, I, they can. I, this, to me, ended up being a very disappointing... For a moment that we all knew needed to come, I was almost like, okay, let's just get it over with, instead of being excited by it. I, it's... This doesn't feel like an exciting moment right now. It just sort of feels like a necessary. Like, we got to do this because we've, we've dragged it out for so fucking long that we have to get through it. But I'm not feeling it in any way. It, it doesn't present a shocking, holy shit moment or, wow, this is big. It feels way more like a, Jesus Christ, just get on with these guys. But we've been kind of saying that for a year, have it? Like, that, here's, I guess here's the problem. Is, is Two yes, years. The, the issue is they should have done it. <laughs> Well, literally two years, but definitely for a year. And at this point, like, I, I guess in thinking about it over the past specifically six months, is there a spot they could have done it that would have felt felt different? Uh, I think after O'Reilly lost the title match last time. I mean, I absolutely think that that would have been a more appropriate place to have, to have started to show that. I, 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 I think the trick there is I think they really wanted to cement. This helps. This helps Kyle is what these last couple months did, is they helped Kyle solidify himself as potentially a top face in the company. You do it there, and I, I, you didn't have the face, quite the face energy that Kyle has now. I don't know. I don't know that I feel that Kyle has a lot of face energy right now. I think the only face energy he has is because Adam Cole just attacked him. And I think, I, well, no, I, I think I will those say two matches attempt- with Balor helped. I mean, they were yeah. good. I'm not saying they weren't good, but I'm saying after the second match, you could have done it. Like, no, but also, but also the attempt to give him. I'm not saying it worked or whether it did work or it didn't work. We we don't know because there isn't a significant enough audience to know. But I think that the thinking was probably sprinkle the fin dust on him. You know, they that this is this is like something they've done always in the history of wrestling. It's like, oh, if we make him kind of buddies with this guy, then that will give everyone. I mean. I think it's like unnecessary. Is it like like? But I do think that was the thinking. I think I mean, whatever they were going to get out of him, they got after the run. I don't think they needed to do the respect Finn Balor thing in the tag team match and all of that stuff. I don't. I really don't believe they needed to do that. But yeah. I think they felt like they needed to. I mean, maybe, but it it didn't work. And I and I also think that they could have done anything else to make it a little bit more interesting. Like it would have been a little bit more interesting if. They had won tag belts earlier in the night. If something had happened... But how do we know it didn't work? We don't know that. Like, 
for all we know, Kyle O'Reilly could be the biggest face on the show. Well, I mean, we'll, there's no we'll, way for us to know that. We'll see if that's the case. I'm saying the moment didn't work for me. It didn't work. It it fell. Fl- it was the least interesting thing. Now, again, part of that is it was such a good card, right? But this thing that should always be big when you break up a faction kind of was the least interesting part to me of the entire night. Like the entire night was so good, and this was a thing that happened and now we can kind of move on with it and get, get forward with it and go wherever we're going. Um, To to be honest with you, it worked for me until Wednesday. Wednesday is where I started to have problems. Um, I thought the, the promo wasn't good at the beginning. Uh, I I didn't, I didn't think it was very strong from him or Roderick strong. Um, It came off to me as like, that's the part I'm scared. of. I think this is part of the problem of the why they didn't tell a good story. The, the, well, well, part of it is that, it's but like still part kind of, of a it mess. Is, it's still all just kind of a mess. What are is, these guys capable? So, like, you know, on the main roster, when they do this with like every now and again, there's someone that they do something messy with, but the performer is good enough to like get through it, make some sense of it, and make yeah, us sort sure. of forget about how messy it is. It was clear to me that those two are not good enough to take whatever that was and run with it in a way that made us forget about the messy parts. It just brought out the messy parts. Let me let me, me. Add, let me ask this. Why why did we need to have a Pete Dunn other than the fact that the match was great, which is wonderful, why did we need to have a Pete Dunn Finn Balor match at this takeover instead of doing Kyle O'Reilly Finn Balor at this takeover and then having the Adam Cole moment afterwards? Because I think it goes back to where it feels like the story is going, which is that Cole is frustrated over the fact that they're not Part, you know, that they got pushed out of the title picture and then not just pushed out, but they defended the champion against somebody else, which is something they shouldn't do. And that's a really wonky, like, part of this. Like, it, it requires, to, to make this all that more interesting, it requires Adam Cole caring significantly about the difference between two weeks. Like, it's, it's just a wonky way of saying this is why it makes more sense than doing the other thing that would have potentially created a greater moment. Um, I just, I, I think the introduction, ma- making this a mess didn't help anybody. Um, it, it, I don't, I don't see, other than we got a great match, right? Like, and I'm, I'm cool with great matches. Don't get me wrong. I, I, Finn Balor, Pete Dunne was wonderful, but outside of getting a really cool match, I don't think it benefited anybody. I, I just think it was a mess. And I think that's what happens when you make messes, which is what we see on the other show regularly. Um, we, we have to cover that really quickly because we got to wrap up. Um, I, 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 anybody want to say something about AEW? The explosive bar wire sounds cool. I am kind of excited about that. Like, I'll give them that. Like, yeah, that sounds cool. It'll, um, it'll be fun. The, the funk, you know, the funk, uh, Foley match is still one of the greatest spectacles in wrestling history. So, although, yeah. although I do like the people that champion matches like that are the same people that say that like Nia Jax is dangerous. It's like, I, I, I like how in one hand, like, you, you talk about someone being dangerous, punching someone in the head, but then you want people to go blow each other up and cut each other with barbed wire. It's like you can't be that. You can't be both. Like you either don't care if people hurt each other or you do. Well, no, there is a difference. There's between no someone difference. Volunteer. There's sure, zero absolutely. difference. So, so no. Mick Foley's. The, are, are, I mean, this sounds like Ric Flair criticizing Mick Foley and saying he's a hypocrite because he jumped off of roofs and stuff. So how can he talk about safety? Like. I mean, he is a hypocrite. I do agree with that. <laughs> that well, hang is, on. That is there, there's a difference between saying, yeah, I'm, I'm volunteering. To, Mick Foley to did nothing safe. To... You can't make an argument 
that he should be the bastion of safety in professional wrestling. I, I can say that, they, but you can say I've never injured anybody. You can say I've never himself up moved it. Counts. Yeah, okay. Himself counts. Uh, I, I, I I'm just disagree saying, on that. It's very funny. It's it's very funny that these bloodthirsty deathmatch people will rake someone over the coals over something really minute, like a punch. That, that that has happened for all the time in the history of wrestling. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's we're spending. I I would say we probably getting in the weeds. We yes, I would say we're probably getting in the weeds. I would also say in general, like that, you do have to accept there's some amount of danger in professional wrestling. I don't really care. It is interesting, um, like that the the line that AEW is walking with this and where they're going to go. I, I'm here's my guess. I'm going to guess it's not going to be quite as barbaric as some people want it to be. I think it will. There will certainly be spots. I think there will be certainly things that 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 look kind of cool. I don't think it will be the the gruesome, bloody horror show that some people will think that it might be because it's called an exploding barbed wire death match. Um, I, I think it's more name of the match for the sake of the name of the match and the conversation that comes with it, which is far fucking better than their god awful name for their ladder match, which should be burned to fucking hell. My God. How in the world does anyone watch that and not lose their effing minds? The face of the revolution. And here's Cody Guess fucking gonna, Rhodes. Guess who's going to win? <laughs> Probably. The star of the Go Big Show is the face of the revolution. I'm so fucking sure. Jesus Christ. It's so embarrassing. Aaron, you froze up, pal. It's a it's a really weird Yeah. <laughs> There's Aaron. He's He looked like he was about to get mad at you or something. He might have. I don't know if he was gonna get mad at me, but he's stuck. <laughs> he's gone. I'll see if I can't reconnect with him. Um I, I, I don't really need to say anything else about the uh the face of the revolution ladder match, which is uh, like I, Look yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself. <laughs> Jesus, it's so horrible. Uh, you froze up. Yeah, you froze up on us. I don't know what you were okay, about to I, say. Okay, I, I was hearing the whole thing. I guess it just froze one way. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know, bud. Um, anything else from AEW that we need to talk about? I feel like there was something else that I rolled my... Like, this is the problem, is that I, I do every now and then see something. I'm like, I enjoyed that, right? Like, that was actually pretty good. And then there's a lot of face of the revolution shit. I, you know Sting what I took some bumps. What's that? Sting took Sting? some bumps. Yeah, he did. Great. <laughs> Wait, what do you want? Hey, you I said mean, you, at least he you, took you said some if bumps. he's around, you want him to yeah. do stuff. I said he has right? to. I didn't say I wanted him to. I said he has to. <laughs> I said the point, which makes it so much worse. That's what I said the entire time. It's so much worse because if you're going to do this, he has to take. He has to, to be involved as a wrestler. And having involved as a wrestler is an abomination. <laughs> Why it's did, you, so did you hear them trying to explain why it made sense that um, Santana and Ortiz got a title shot anyway? After, no, after, somehow, somehow I missed that. Well, well, they they, they were part of the right, battle right. royal that why yeah. Jericho and MJF got the title shot, and then they get a title shot anyway. And they were like, "Well, the inner circle would be really happy if they win and they fight each other because they'll get to keep the keep the titles within oh, the inner the family, circle." I'm like, right. 
Right. Okay. Well, the, I mean, the reason they got the title shot was that they had attacked the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks challenged them. You know, that is... Now, whether they, they should be happening is a different question, but, but the, the reason they're getting the match was yeah. pretty simple. By the way, small thing, and, and, and it's it should be bigger, but it by, on the list of, of grievances, I'm going to make it a small thing. I, this goes back to how you treat your championship, right? Like, your championship is a sideshow. You just don't care about the championship. Um, the, the, there weren't... It feels as though when a championship match is to be had at a pay-per-view, there should be a group of people that should be interested in a championship match. Did anybody on the planet suggest that they were interested in a championship match at a pay-per-view at all? Did, was was one person ever brought up before they just announced what the championship match was going to be? Just Moxley, that's it. But Moxley did it even, like... It yeah, was, he cut a promo that said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then I'm coming to get my belt back from right. Kenny Omega or whatever. Yeah, Moxley's been around. But yes, it, it feels like it should have been. And then they did mention, oh, you know, Kenny did say the thing about the rematch clause and stuff. But, but it's all it, was, it was his third priority, by the way. His number one priority was Eddie Kingston. His number right. two priority was Kenta. And his number three priority was Kenny Omega in the title. I mean, it's just, I just feel as though at some point somebody might want to say, like when Pac is your number three ranked performer, I mean, for whatever fucking reason, um, it, it feels... <laughs> you, you hate Pac. It's not even like, about Pac. It's you about have the, a vendetta against No, it's Pac. about the absurdity of the system. Like, what the fuck is sure. this? It's absurd. I think everyone's given. Uh, everyone else gave up on the system like over why, a year why ago. Why are we doing this? Why are we still announcing these things? Like, if you are though, if you're going to say this is our number three guy, at some point your number three guy might want to say like, "Hey, I'd like to be in the championship picture." <laughs> I, I, your system. He doesn't have a rematch clause. It's so weird, dude. It's hey, so I, we did learn weird. that Jade Cargill can shoot layups. Yeah, yes, we did. Yeah, we're gonna watch. I, I and, do. And she, she has a decent logo. In some, in some yeah, weird logo way. Yeah, logo is cool. I actually appreciate the fact they're not trying to sell as though this this matters at all. In some weird way, it does at least feel like they are accepting the fact that this is hot shit. They know it's hot shit. They know what they're doing. They're just going to do it anyway and get it over with. They're not even going to pretend. They're not going to show these people training for a wrestling match. They're just going to get through it. It's going to be some stupid stupid slapdick thing next week. I, in a weird way, I appreciate them acknowledging what it is. I was gonna say it was. It's they spent two minutes on it this week. I can almost be happy about that. Yeah, it's. I actually think that's a win. Like you, I really. You know what thing? What thing? I'm trying not to be like overly critical of, but I am very confused of with AEW. Is I get very confused about what match is happening when because they're promoting so many things at the same time. It's hard for me to follow. Like yeah, there's a lot of what's that. what's next week. What's March? By the way, why is how? Does NXT call AEW and they say, hey, let's both do our biggest show on a certain day? Or is that like a sweeps day? Or like, how do they always pick the same day to load up their shows? It's, I, I think it's intentional. Not necessarily call a lot, but they, you know, one one side advertises it and the other side loads up. Right. Like, we need, to, we need to, to make sure that we don't just give the entire audience to someone. Um, got it. Got it. I, I was. I don't really have a lot more to say about it, but I was. I was guided to a uh, a comment that was made. Hang on a second. This is. Who? A friend of mine sent me this. Uh, former WCW president Eric Bischoff returned for his 83 weeks podcast, and during the latest episode of the show, he made some interesting comments about the current state of AEW. The former SmackDown executive director was talking about Chris Jericho's comments about TNA in 2011, where Y2J had called the company out for not believing in themselves and wasting their resources. 
Bischoff said that these comments could come back to haunt the former AEW champion in the future because his company has flatlined in the past year. Quote, I think it's going to come back to bite him in the ass, is what I think. AEW last week, they did about 800,000 viewers. They opened the door with 1.5 million viewers and haven't been able to crack 1 million since, or if they have, it's been on only one or two occasions. They've essentially flatlined at seven or 800,000 viewers on average for the last year and a half. Quote, that's an observation that could, unless something turns around the next 18 months, come back to haunt someone like Chris. Uh, quite frankly, AEW has flatlined, and it's been that way essentially for a year. I don't, you know, I I don't think his facts are wrong. I think his facts are exactly right. Um, I think this goes back to the, if that's flatlining, that's totally fine. It's it's, it's totally T- TNT fine. keeps upping their investment right. into you, them. You so. you accept what that is. You just sort of say, look, you know, we're we're not we're dropping the bucket, but it's a big bucket, so the drop is okay. It's okay to be a drop in the bucket in this business. Um, but I do think it's relevant in terms of the, like, is all of this worth it, like, conversation. Like, and I think that's more what he's talking about. Like, you're throwing all of these things at, instead of just developing characters, instead of doing the things we keep talking about, you're just throwing a million things, and none of it is making people more interested. That You opened the forbidden door, and it didn't get a bunch more viewers. It just got a little bit of internet conversation. Do you know why it didn't get a bunch more viewers? Because... Most people have no idea who these people are, in part. Right. They're opening little doors. They're not opening the big door. If, if Okada comes, that could be. and Could be. I don't know that it will be, but it could be. Mm, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that those people... Aaron, I would just say... The, the you're, door's you're right. too small. If you're saying those people are probably watching anyway, that's, some, you're, that's you're the probably point. right about that. Like, who, yes. who are you getting? Now, you could say... Yeah. Well, what if they got Dwayne Johnson to show up? And obviously, they're not, right? But what if you got Dwayne Johnson? Well, then we're back to the pr- you are the thing that you said you didn't want to right. be. I, I think right. I think you're. Th- it goes back to throwing. You want to be a long-term professional wrestling company, except this is a good number to have. Now develop some characters that people are going to want to watch for a long time. Develop. You've you've got MJF. Develop more. Develop more characters. I don't know if they apparently forgot Miro is on their programming. He's one of the greatest performers on the, the face of the planet and should probably be doing something that matters. That would just be a neat concept. Do that. I'm glad they're finally doing something with Jungle Boy. Hopefully this is the start I, of something. I, I hope, there's no, I, I there's no, so you know, no real reason to think that it was. Opening, opening forbidden doors and just bringing in 60 more people each week will not make a long-term difference developing people that I want to watch for the next 10 years that I tune into a show week in and week out because that's where I find this professional wrestler that I find very compelling. That's the thing that will. All right. Unless it's Juice Robinson, in which case it'll add 2 million. I will. And I will jerk off to it every week. All right. Um, <laughs> anybody want to plug something? Uh, Aaron Vison. Uh, yeah. Vison.com. Watch the nightcap seven to 10 Pacific, 10 PM, 1 AM Eastern time. You can find us on iHeartMedia, Vison.com or, uh, Twitch. All right. Twitch.com backslash Vison underscore live at the Aoster. Brandon, you want to plug something? I've got nothing to plug. Damn it. You should plug something. You son of a bitch. All right. Very good. Um, thanks to AJ. Uh, congratulations to him. So effing cool, man. That's just great stuff. Uh, what a good thing. Yeah, for Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event. Vent. 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 Vent, vent, vent.
Bet. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Okay. Jobbing out. Kiss my grits.